0: why do you care so much about me so I asked her and she said to me you might be rich in some things but I'm rich in others and combined we can help eliminate each other's poverty that just wrecked me
1: And welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice, and how to change the world. I'm Dan, and today I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So the observant amongst you might have realised two things. Firstly, no Emma today, so she's on holiday. She'll be back joining us for the next episode. But also, today is not Monday when we usually release the podcast. Um, and that's just simply because, Chris, you had some time off last week. You moved house just in time for lockdown. Yeah. Um, and so we're recording this on Tuesday morning, ready to get it out to you guys. So, Chris, how was, uh, how was moving house before lockdown? You, you got in all right? I can see mean, from the...
2: the the zoom picture (laughs) that you're in a different location my advice is just not to do it (laughs) (laughs) we even asked you it like it literally was just before the lockdown and uh yeah i did not realize how many things are like closed or you need to book and stuff before and it was just like oh (laughs) the most simple well not a simple process but the simpler processes all disappeared and it turned into a very long week but i made it like you said you made it you made it
1: and how are you finding lockdown 2.0
2: well, I, so I've moved uh, back into my family house, so I'm chilling with my parents, my sister, and uh, there's a lot more food in 2.0, <laughs> in lockdown <laughs> 2.0, and I don't have to buy much of it, which is fantastic, so, you know, <laughs> nice. it was a struggle to get there, but we we made it to the promised land.
1: And I feel that's the uh, that's the difference, you know, that could be a difference maker in lockdown 2.0, is having a full fridge. Exactly. Um, game changer. <laughs> Great. So in this episode, we'll be hearing from church planter and international 24-7 prayer leader, Mike Andrea. He spoke at our Emerging Influencer course about the importance of prayer while we aim to end injustice. But first up, it's time for Emma's Dilemmas. So obviously, I am not Emma and I could never pretend to be Emma. <laughs> but
2: we cannot go the show without one of her fantastic dilemmas. So today's question is... Would you rather be able to reverse one decision you make every day or be able to stop time for 10 minutes once a day? (laughs) So either reverse one decision you make every day or stop time for 10 minutes once a day. That is
1: tricky, isn't it?
2: It's very tricky. I took a lot of time to think about this.
1: It's a really good one. I think my problem would be I make multiple mistakes in a day. (laughs) And so it would be really hard for me to choose which ones to reverse. Is it like,
2: is it kind of like red button? Like, do you get to like look at all the decisions you make in a day and (laughs) choose the one that you're like, yeah, I'll I'll not do that.
1: Yeah. I I imagine, I imagine it is in this list of 10. And so changing one of them might not make too much of a difference (laughs) to my overall life. However, stopping time for me sounds good because you could be like extra 10 minutes in bed (laughs) extra 10 minutes for lunch um you know you're you're in a long like zoom quiz or zoom meeting and you're like oh this is just dragging on i just want to go for a break and then bang stop time um but it's a bit like you know sharing my age a bit here but bernard's watch did you ever watch that chris bernard's watch
2: classic i hated how little he used that power like, he was such <laughs> yeah. a good, pure, innocent little boy. And I was like, if it was me, I'd be like, stopping yeah. time, going to get the latest video game, going to the and get some sweets exactly. from the shop. But um, yeah. yeah, he was just a pure little boy for some reason. <laughs>
1: he was. I watched one episode where, he, like, for some reason, he forgot to get dressed before going to school. <laughs> and for those of you who've never seen this, this is like a uh, kind of 12, 13 year old boy who has a magic watch that can stop time. Burner's watch, look it up, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um but yeah, that, that just seemed odd. You know, maybe maybe what he needed was to go back and reverse a decision a day and actually exactly. get dressed in that instance. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. you know, he used his watch so he could go back and get dressed. But there are bigger questions when you forget to get dressed before school like that <laughs> than whether you could <laughs> stop time. But um
2: yeah, what about you? I think for me, like the reverse a decision one, it's a difficult one because you don't want to waste it. Like you don't want to be like, oh, you know what? Instead of, instead of like t- getting water, I would have got some juice, and then later on, like I don't know, someone slapped you. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I wish I stopped that from happening. <laughs> like I wasted it.
1: Yeah. You were slating Bernard for not using his ability, and you, you just said that you'd use it to, to not have a drink of water, but have a drink of squash instead. But I feel like you, you don't deserve. With great power comes great responsibility, Chris. I don't know if that's wise.
2: No, but I do think, like I do often, like when something happens. So you know when you like you stub your toe or something, and yeah. like I always have this like proper existential moment of just like, why did that happen? Did that have to happen yeah, today? Yeah. And it's yeah. like if I could go back in time, I would change that. So I am going for reverse one decision.
1: Yeah, okay. Nice. I think I think that's um, a really good dilemma because those are two things that would actually be really helpful.
2: I would go I would go for stop time if it was like longer than ten minutes, I think. I wanna chill a bit more. Yeah, longer.
1: good point. Good point. <laughs> well don't tell Emma but you've knocked her out of the park there. So wow. Wow. Um,
2: wow. maybe
1: <laughs> maybe when Emma's back we just politely tell her that that she's not needed for Emma's <laughs> dilemmas anymore <laughs> that would definitely be a decision i would be reversing if <laughs> i can't see it going well <clears throat> great so thank you chris for this week's dilemma if you're listening at home and want to submit your own or even tell us would you rather stop time or reverse a decision then head to we are on instagram and leave us a message next up it's what in the world Welcome to what in the world where we discuss the latest in news and current affairs and it feels like there's a big obvious one today Chris after the events of the last week or so uh, what is it we're talking about
2: well of course last week the US held its presidential elections and it looks like uh, Joe Biden is the new president of America after what's felt like forever i don't know like i don't know if the if you felt the difference between british and Uh, US elections, but it just seemed to go on for days. I don't think they've finished counting (laughs) at the time of recording, which I don't know, I don't understand. Anyway, it looks like Trump is leaving his presidency and Joe Biden is stepping in. What do you make out of all of this, Dan?
1: I think it's, um, you do have to be careful about your social media bubble, don't you? But (laughs) me talking personally now as, as an individual, my social media has been... Uh, I'd say overwhelmingly celebratory of the, <laughs> of the outcome um, you know I would class myself within within that group as well so I think there's there's certain things I'm really excited about for America there's you know just just hearing the change in policies mm-hmm. yesterday of a focus on climate change and a focus on getting the coronavirus under control and a focus on economy and a focus on Uh, racial equality you know those are four things that I personally align with very closely and Mm. you know tier fund aligns with very uh, clearly and closely and so it seems like a I don't know a really good moment and uh, I think America is is split and there's a lot of disunity and a lot of argument coming out of it like you say you know the election took kind of five or four or five days to call And then unlike in the UK, there's this weird thing where for the next two months, you know, nothing changes because Joe Biden doesn't become the president until the end of January. Whereas in the UK, it's like Prime Minister wins next day. They're in Downing Street. So it's it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, I was I was definitely encouraged um, by Joe Biden's policies and what that means for for justice globally.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. And. That's the thing, you know, it's easy to kind of be like, well, what's that got to do with us? But you can't ignore, like, the US in terms of, like, the, the power and, you know, what they can change or be a part of around the world. And like you said, the fact that the re- Biden wants to rejoin the Paris Agreement, the fact they want to remain as part of the World Health Organization, you know, these are, like, massive things that could drastically affect people in a positive way. And that's great to see. And, and particularly as we're still kind of in a weird position with brexit still like brexit negotiations still going on uh it's great to see actually we'll we'll potentially be working with someone with an office who actually is really who really cares about issues like climate change and Mm -hmm. racial equality like you said um and and speaking of brexit like you said there has been so much division um in during these elections and you know that's one thing that i you know really hope that um, can kind of be met with peacefully over the next period as things start to hand over that actually that you know we don't people don't cling to the idea in their head of what they wanted but kind of cling to the idea of what could be best for for then for their people for people around them for the world around them
1: yeah definitely i think it's important for us to pray for that unity isn't it i think i remember four years ago after the election results then the the feeling that i had those results it was a difficult one to process and um we've got to understand that um you know people have different opinions and different viewpoints and there will be you know 48 percent of americans who voted who who probably feel like i felt four years ago because they voted for trump this 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 time around um and so unity is really important and you know joe biden touched on that and said this you know, he was talking about wearing masks um mm. and the importance of it and he said this isn't a Democrat or a Republican issue, this is an American issue. Mm. Um and and we just pray that, that that message is heard, not because Joe Biden's made it, but who whoever won the presidential election, it was integral that they came out with a with a message of, of unity. And you know, ultimately that's that's really encouraging. We want you know, we do want a president who builds bridges and doesn't build walls. We want someone mm. who You know, fights for racial equality and doesn't just say call in the army. You know, these are important things, Mm. Um, and hopefully, that uh, Americans will see the unity um, that that this kind of changing approach brings. And even if you voted elsewhere and you disagree with it to to a certain extent, um, you know, we just pray. You know, Jesus called us to be united, and particularly as, as a church and as Christians, where where this is also split kind of down the middle as well. Mm. You know, we just pray for, for us as a church, for for unity as, as Jesus called to be united, just as as he is united with God.
2: 100%. And I think it's really important to remember that unity doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. Like, it doesn't mean that mm. we all have to just be like, right, I believe and think the same thing and, and like, I'm just going to 100% go with whatever... Like I, whatever happens, I'm just going to fully back like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. And I think, you know, I can speak for myself and a lot of people that actually whoever wins, you know, there's still questions around actually, what is their policy on this or what's their policy on that. And so stay engaged and then Mm. cherish the fact that actually we can, we can move forward democratically. You know, we we live in countries where we have a democratic process and you can get your voice heard on different issues yeah, I would just hope that people kind of remember that and don't feel the pressure to kind of like just like drop everything they care about.
1: I don't know if you knew anyone who kind of supported Trump in the last in the last few weeks. I, I find or found it pre-election and still find it a little bit difficult seeing those kind of mm. Facebook statuses from from people. And and like you say, I really like your point. You know, unity isn't uniformity. The those people I I know and who are, who are. Who I count as friends, who saw uh, Trump as a great leader, and were really passionate about issues, you know, particularly around um, abortion laws uh, that that Trump stood for. And so, you know, there is the the important thing is to is to understand that we are all individuals. We mm. need to fight for what we're passionate about, and that's you know, we need to keep um, injustice in mind. We need to keep equality in mind. We need to keep connecting um, or connection and togetherness. in in mind if those are things that we value Uh, but we also have to understand that um you know god made us to have opinions and god made us to think think differently um and with that comes a lot of grace i don't know if you've You've had to to do the same in the last couple of weeks. Maybe sw- swallow some <laughs> anger internally rather than than uh, spew it all over Facebook comments.
2: <laughs> I mean, I stay away from Facebook these days, <laughs> and i <laughs> I curate I create my uh, my my followers. I hope I'm not in a bubble. I know that I pretty much am to some degree, but yeah, I I try to stay away from just creating a bubble where everyone thinks the same, uh, but also yeah I just don't like to I don't like to indulge <laughs> in opinions that I'm just like that makes zero
1: sense to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely, but it's you know it's it's good for us to think about how we can practice unity individually as well because unity amongst the evangelical church and amongst Christians and amongst nations is is important, but that starts with the individual, doesn't it, and that starts yeah. with somehow praying through and working through internally what it means to stand alongside people you disagree with who are your friends um, and challenge when they need to be challenged and when you feel like um, you should challenge them that's very important yeah but also have have the kind of ability and wisdom to do that graciously Um, yeah yeah that balance is difficult isn't
2: it definitely and like my my mind always goes back to the conversation I had with Renee August on this podcast in episode 25 and she was talking about apartheid and she was talking about how literally people would like use the bible to to say apartheid is good while like she and other people were saying no the bible was saying it's not like this is why we can't have apartheid and that like chasm Mm. and thought is like mind-blowing to me but the fact that you know she talks about being able to still love people through that process and being able to you know focus on winning people and not just winning the argument is like yeah I can't
1: if if, if they can do it in that context I'm just like what's the problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely so as things continue to unfold in the US do continue to keep them in your prayers and also pray for Joe Biden as he enters his term as president so we hope the next four years there could be real positive change for those living in poverty around the world impacted through a changing climate approach from, from the US and the influence that they have On other nations as well. So, thanks for that, Chris. Now it's time to listen to Mike's talk from the Emerging
0: Influencer Course. So, I'm Mike Andrea. So, um, I do three things. um, No, four. Most important one is I'm a dad and a husband. Husband of one wife, father of two kids, one dog. Want to kill them all, other than the wife. Um, Then I planted and lead a church called Glow that some of you have heard of and um, which is on the east coast in a place called Margate and um, that serves um, one of the most impoverished just impoverished communities in the UK but whilst also living by the beautiful seaside and being a royal harbour and all that nonsense that goes with it and I've uh, been leading that from day dot and then I also oversee wildfires so I was given the challenge a couple of years ago. I was like, how, how quick can you pull off a festival? And I'm like, don't know, let's try. And within five months, we birthed wildfires while still leading Big Church Day out with Tim Jupp and doing Spring Harvest, I think. It was a very stupid idea, um, but clearly God's enjoying it. And, um, and now I also am the international team leader for 24-7 Prayer. So I took over from Pete and Sammy uh, last year. Um, and so I oversee the global communities and initiatives that we do. What that really means is is that I just have a very very complex to do list and and a very very messy diary because I'm not very organised. Even though I have two PAs, um, and I just decide to do my own thing half the time anyway. So there we go. <laughs> so that's what I do and who I am. Um, but most of it, if I'm honest. I I just I just love Jesus. Love him to bits um and that's why I follow him and have done for the last x amount of years I'm not going to tell you because you'll then know my age and uh and I live every day for him and one day I'll die for him and get to live again and uh so yeah that's me what I want to, want you to understand right from the offset is that the running joke is the well actually running joke number one is that is not my surfboard. Mine is on another wall. I don't have a blue flowery Hawaiian surfboard. My wife does. Um, I have a very cool Mao that um, I'm happy with. Anyways, just get that out of the agenda. And I'm currently in my wife's art studio, which I've hijacked as my kind of wannabe office. So that's that one. But the other thing is, um, look, I'm terrible at prayer. Like, you just need to know that right now. I am the worst at it. Um, I'm terrible at prayer, but I'm really, really good at sticking close to Jesus. And um, and when Dot was sort of asking me about to do this and this whole thing about what does it really look like to contend for justice in prayer? You know, you, I could pull out the 25 top Bible verses about prayer and justice. We could pull out all the faithfuls and all of that. But when I was thinking about it this morning and thinking about you, actually, I, I actually just wanted to share a bit of my story because... Um, what I realise is that whenever a person actually gets captivated by their relationship with Jesus, there are two natural things that you get lent towards, it's mission and it's justice. That's not the 24-7 pun, but the fact is those words, prayer, mission and justice, live in our, in our narrative, because that is the truth, is that wherever you are in close proximity with the Lord, you will discover injustice and you will discover the need for mission. And mission being the gospel and the gospel being one of salvation of a soul and salvation in transformation of communities and society. There's not a place you would have found Jesus where he didn't influence both the individual's heart and the community around it. You know, even when it wasn't very popular, it was influence And, um, you know, I'm mindful of not just John the Baptist being this kind of voice of one in the wilderness crying out for the for people to turn to God and get their lives right. That cry, that prayer also really was is that when people's lives are recalibrated with the Lord, the world around them gets recalibrated to God's original intent and design. The things that are close to his heart and what are important manifest in us. And then we begin to outwork those and outlive those. And we begin to see things that are not right transformed into what they should be. And so I've never met a Christian that's clearly encountered Jesus, not fall in love with the poor, not, not be angry at the things that make people marginalise, not begin to get quite militant about the things that are dark and evil. And it's always attached to the proximity of your own relationship with Jesus. So it's really easy when we work for big organisations. And this is an interesting thing for me. So I don't work for 24-7 Prayer. I felt the Lord call me to say yes to an invitation on it. In fact, I delivered their events for six years and managed their more complex environments around the world, never ever receiving a paycheck. Because I just felt that the Lord said, I want you to give time to this. I don't work for my church. They may pay me a salary, but the reality is the money just pays the bills. It keeps us free to do what we do. Well, who I work for and who I serve and I live for each day is Jesus. I'm mindful in, I think it's drawing about John 6, where, you know, Jesus is being challenged about um, having something to eat. The disciples are like, oh, Lord, you know, you're famished, you're hungry, you know, stop, eat, push all these people away. And then he he looks at him and he says, you know, that his nourishment comes from doing the will of God. But knowing the will of God comes from seeing where the father is at work. And you can only see where someone's at by spending time with them, being in relationship with them. So I have this routine most days. I say most days because when I'm in event season, my I, I live on about five hours sleep. Um, so for probably three and a half months. But I'm fine with that. It's fine. As long as there's a good little single malt whiskey at the end of the day, I can get up the next day. It'll be fine. And um, me and Jesus have a little toast and we start again. But um, And it has to be a good one. But the way my day starts is this. I wake up. I sit in a chair. I open my Bible. I open my journal. I begin to pray in spirit. And, I'm, and I just say, come, Lord Jesus, come. I, I want to be with you. And I want to be where you are. And the only way to do that is to ask you to come and recalibrate my mind and my heart and all the things that are going in my world so that they actually fall in sync with yours. And that's the bit where I I, I can see where the Lord is working by starting by being sat with him. You know, you guys are definitely much younger than me and much, much more good looking. But I tell you something, I think I'm probably smarter at you in this one area is when, we, when our life is going on, we, we have devotional and we do our quiet times. And we do our Bible study and you get some person like me here doing some biblical thing. And you usually get people probably that are going to be a lot more theologically sound than I would be. Um, but what I would say, though, is this, is that what I do know is that having regular familiar space where it's just like, come, Lord Jesus, come usually creates itself in our lives when we'd we'd start to turn 35 to 40, like really begins to get weight in it. But I want to encourage you, if you can start to go, and actually if I want to change the world in the realms of justice, then I need to allow Jesus to radically change the realms of my heart every day. Anything you're working on, any initiative, any campaign, any influence you're trying to do, will have far greater impact by just doing that practice. Every day. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It can be any time. I'm going to show you where I sit right now. This is my, in fact, I haven't staged this, but this is my chair. Bible and coffee still on there because I'm a lazy mug and haven't put it in the kitchen. And in the winter, I sit in a chair the opposite side of my garden where there's a door. So I stay warm. And it starts there because it's there where my heart begins to break for things that are not about me it's there where also I get to really check that the reason I'm doing something isn't because I really want to do it, but it's where the Lord's asked me to be. You know, for some of you, you would have got caught up in this narrative because you have what I call the justice gene and Dot's got it. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do you just see the injustice and um and i've had many a time mocking Dot um over the years with it and um never in a bad way always fun jovial. but i'm not you always bring back to justice dot you know and um i even accused her once of starting an alternative charity to keep tier funding business but i won't tell you what that charity is called anyway um but my my thing in this though is that the justice gene though the danger of that can be You go after something because it's like, well, I'm just passionate about this. But the key is to be passionate about Jesus and then led into the things that he's now passionate about. There are some injustices in the world that have to occur right now for some of the Lord's plans to outwork further down the road. There are some countries that are, you know, under tyrannical regimes, horrible dynamics, and we're like, we're going to get this stopped, we're going to get this overthrown, or we're going to get this health issue sorted. And But actually, there's another layer of the Lord at work in there. When we're in sync with Jesus, we can begin to work that out.
1: I just want to take two minutes to interrupt Mike and tell you all about the Emerging Influencers programme. So Emerging Influencers by We Are Tear Fund is a six-week leadership programme for 17 to 23-year-olds that connects you with like-minded game changers, helps you develop a theological understanding of justice and equips you to positively impact people living in poverty. Over the six weeks, we'll be joined by great speakers such as Mike and others who will explore some exciting topics, including prayer and justice, harnessing digital influence theology and justice leadership and influence the spirituality of fundraising the art of storytelling justice and creativity and so much more if that sounds interesting to you you can register your interest for the next course that begins in february 2021 just head to weare.tearfund.org for more information
0: It's interesting, like with the COVID time, you could say that the Western world is going through an injustice, (laughs) the deprivation of McDonald's and Costa Coffee. But what's fascinating when you watch this thing unfold, and I've been tracking COVID since December, um, because we've got communities around the world like you have, and we began to see the effects of it before. But what was really fascinating for me was watching what people found in injustice what people found rocks and disrupted their world and took them out of their norm. But you know, it didn't take long though for people in, especially in a point of solitude and being locked down, to start asking questions: What really, what does, what really matters to me? What's really important? And then moving that on to what's really important to God right now. It's funny watching people from how they've. the more and more they're dressing down now, the more and more they're less bothered about what people look like. I mean, I I'd get onto some Zooms. I've, this is me, guys. I'm just some haggard, wrecked body and I know there's nothing I can do to fix it. I was on a Zoom with John Tyson um, the other day and I just thought, this guy's like three years younger than me and he looks like he's 27 and has got a shiny face and looks like Jesus without the beard. And I'm like, what have I done wrong? This is an injustice. And um, But the reality was is like i watch this world going on where people look working so hard to look really good sound really good have it all together it's all good a few weeks in everyone just begins to let it go and it's like actually the world we live in isn't all that good there's a lot of good in it there's a lot of love in it there's a lot of god in it which is really good but it's it's not that good but the only way to see genuine transformation is to stay in close proximity to where the Lord is in that. You're investing into environments that 99% of the world's population in the Western world will never be mindful of. And you're doing it daily. But the truth is, you can't change anything, can you? You can influence, you can have an impact, but you can't change the core issues that you want to see changed only Jesus can. And actually, prayer is the fundamental pathway to it. The pathway is that you're in a place with Jesus that he can lead you. I'm mindful when it talks around in Corinthians that you don't need people to teach you things when the Spirit of God is within you and can teach you the way to go. You know, I'm mindful that, you know, Jesus ascended last Sunday, 2,000 odd years ago. And then um, and this Sunday, we celebrate the coming of the Spirit. But the, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit every day in your life will give you the direction and the wisdom and the guidance you need to make the right decisions and choices and moments to happen to bring about genuine, authentic change. I'm mindful that that invasion of God's presence in our lives also gives us the capacity to handle the moments when we don't win. Well, we don't think we've won because we don't fully understand the mysteries and the outworkings of the Lord. You know, I think you probably know by now that not every prayer we pray gets answered the way we want it. Ten years ago this year, actually, when Dot first met me at Spring Harvest, funnily, Dot won't be mindful of this. Dot will be mindful of a year that I call the train wreck year. It was the most difficult year of leadership I've ever had. And, um, and I had a breakdown, burnt out, wrecked. But I had to on the outside go, hey, guys, we're doing a good job. And we developed a 40,000 square foot of warehouse space that everyone said would fail. And we had no money. And God pulled out all stops and provided every day this miraculous provision. But that was the year I had a, a full on breakdown. But it was also the year that I found myself sat in a chair like I just showed you. i just saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. I don't know where to go with this, how to deal with this. And I was actually dealing with the most personal injustice ever we'd experienced in our lives of accusation, mistreatment, lies, just the enemy having this moment. He's kicking off because we're planting this incredible complex. That's really what's going on, but he uses people and things. And, um, and I remember in this moment, right, that the Lord spoke to me and he said, Mike, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to strike them down? Do you want me to send a plague? Do you want me to send some lightning? And I remember sitting there going, that would be fun, Lord. That would be fun to watch, if you wouldn't mind. And, and, and he was so clear with me. He said, it's not what you really mean, though, is it? And I said, no, I pray that you would bless them, care for them, guide them. The odd lightning bolt would be nice, but I want your best for them. And he said, even if you don't get your day of reckoning, and I'm like, I don't want a day of reckoning. I just want to be in proximity of where you are. Fast forward 10 years, the complex we built, um, you know, even right now today is cooking hundreds of meals for the most marginalised. It's delivering parcels of food that are extracted away from everything that everyone else is doing, that these are people that are completely forgotten and are high risk and providing the most Enormous volume of digital provisions to people that would have to pay for them normally, all for free, all in love. If my prayer in 2010 had been, strike them down, send a plague, um, none of that would occur. The only reason change occurred was because it just stayed in price proximity to Jesus. If you want to know if there's a magic prayer to pray for justice, it's just one. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And not to assume that his will in any given situation is what you and your justice gene would like to see happen. When we stay close to the Lord, there are times when he says, I'm not going to fix that right now because it needs to carry on. There are other times things get solved so quickly. And then I felt this one thing for all of you to remember this. And it was actually about the Western world. And you're going to know this when I say it, but I feel it's going to go deep in you over these next few days is um, the West isn't your cash cow. Right. We have money. We are even everyone. If you can bleach your hair that white, you've got some penny in your bank. But um, the reality is we, we have more. We know the stats, you know, more than, you know, we're in the top whatever percent of the world's richest people. But the Western world has injustice too. And I'm not just talking about trafficking or domestic violence. Deep inner heart injustices of hurts and pains and trauma, fears, anxieties, isolations. And, you know, I believe that God's going to begin to plant things in you that kind of goes after new forms of injustice in this time that you're going to begin to see. But just remember this. If you see something when you're sat with the Lord and you're looking in the right direction, if you see something when you're just sat in a room and it's a good idea, you're in the wrong direction. It's got to be where I see my father working. I will join him also. And I've been into some incredible poor parts of the world and, and breaks my heart. And I remember when I first went, I never wanted to do this. My, my wife, Stella, she's the one that wants to go to every poor part of the world. Couldn't think of anything worse, to be honest. You know, give me a beach, give me sangria, nice food, even a good Cuban cigar. I'll be happy chappy. Right. But my my wife, she she'd want to go on holiday and queue for revival. I'm like, why, why would we want to do that? I could get us backstage passes into revivals. And, um, but she said to me one day, we were supporting communities in India, in Delhi, a community is called Asha that I know you've got connections to. They're really good friends of mine. And she said, Mike, culturally, the pastor should go and see the work that the church is doing in that environment. And I'm like, yeah, but you're the leader as well. You're the pastorette. You should go. And she says, no, they really want you to go. And I did not want to go. And um, and I just felt the Lord say, "You're not getting out of this. I need you to go." So I was like, "Right." So I went. I did the injections. Oh, I felt like I was suffering, you know. And you get your first set of jabs, and I'm like, "Oh, I've caught it. I'm poorly." And I'm like, you know, oh, I'm going through for mission, and um, and everyone behind closed doors are just laughing at me because they just know I don't want to go. And then I, I fly out there with a friend of mine. And um, and get caught in this just carnage of Delhi before. I mean, Delhi today is so different, and um, and just the craziness and the noise and the smell. And I don't. Everyone sort of says, oh, when you enter into Delhi, just the smells are amazing. All I could smell was excrement. There was nothing delightful about it whatsoever. And I'm just like, you know, dear God. And then I remember kind of like getting ready to go into the slums. And thinking, I just don't want to, I, even then, I just don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? Show me show me a hotel with a, a rose pond or something. Why am I doing this? And I remember going in and um, sitting in this lady's house. And she prepared us a meal. And it was the most astounding meal. And I, I just sat there and I just wept as I watched her love and her kindness And actually, the irony, her care for me, and she was through the translator saying, are you drinking bottled water? Are you washing your hands? Don't eat the salad. We don't want you to get poorly. And I'm sitting there thinking, I get ill, I'm going to get medivaced out of here. You know, like, why do you care so much about me? So I asked her and she said to me, you might be rich in some things, but I'm rich in others. And combined, we can help eliminate each other's poverty. That just wrecked me. I went back about 20 times. I'd look for an excuse to go back. And, um, and I just remember the Lord just saying, you know, like, if you, wherever you find I'm close, you'll find the things that are important to me. You, some of you are going to change the world in ways you've never thought. I really do think that. Some of you are going to do this for a season, but carry the cause in your heart for the rest of your lives. But um, causes are one thing, but Jesus is another. So if you want to contend well, then contend for your own personal space of Jesus, and you'll never miss a step of how you can influence well. Good.
1: It was great to hear from Mike there. What stuck out to you, Chris? I really loved the story
2: he was telling uh, towards the end where he was talking about the time he spent in Delhi and talking about how he kind of had all these preconceptions of going there and being like, oh, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna be struck with po- by poverty and it's going to be really like, uncomfortable and stuff like that. And just for him, you know, talking about when he met that woman who kind of, you know, it was pointed out the poverty in his life. And actually, you know, that speaks to kind of how we understand poverty here at Tear Fund that it's not just about material wealth it is about a breakdown in relationships between ourselves between God between creation and with each other and that exists across the world doesn't matter where you are that exists across the world and I love how she was able to kind of flip his perception of poverty on its head by saying you know what together we can address each other's poverty and I think it's really important to remember that when we do justice work when we do work to, to try and uh, extreme poverty it's not just us in this like like here in the UK or in the in the, in the West in, this, in some like super privileged position uh, of course we have privilege in different ways but it's also remembering that actually we don't we're not the ones with the answer Jesus mm-hmm. is and that and Jesus can be found all around the world and so yeah just great to hear I guess that kind of like perspective shift of just you are not the saviour Jesus is and Through acknowledging that we can help each other.
1: Yeah, I think the point that stuck out to me was a similar one about letting Jesus take control and and change us. It's like if you want to change the world around you, you've got to let Jesus change you first. And I think there's there's a lot of truth in, in that. I was in a Emerging Influencers session last night and The speaker David Shazania shared a really interesting leadership model where there was an outer circle that had things like skills, knowledge, talent which are the outward workings of leadership. And then within the inner circle, there was emotions, thoughts, experiences. And actually, a lot of the time when we look at leadership and developing leadership skills, we look at that outward circle of how can I get more um, knowledge? How can I be more skillful? How can I develop the talents that I have? Um, But actually... Um, there's, there's a layer beneath that that's far more important where we're all affected by our thoughts and our emotions and our experiences. And the things that we have gone through growing up and the things that we've seen in society, they all influence us as we, as we step into any form of leadership or as we step into a situation where we want to fight injustice and use our God-given talents to do that there's an inner circle that we need to be aware of and and let Jesus transform and and help us tackle some of those things. You know, we talk a lot about kind of the prejudice that that has built up internally and how how that can affect how we see the world just by our own upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we need to let uh, Jesus transform our of inner selves and who we are, and, and help us as we look outwardly, uh, and as we use our skills to help people living in poverty, and as we use our uh, voices to amplify those uh, global neighbours around the world. Uh, it all starts with with surrendering to, to Jesus and letting Him take control.
2: 100%. And that's like that's what I love about you know Him just saying you know start your day just in like simple prayer, like come Lord Jesus and like centre yourself around that because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna do exactly what you said that's what's mm. gonna allow that to work out in your life and to and to see the outpouring and the overflow of that affect people around you
1: yeah definitely great so thanks chris for joining me and thank you at home for listening in we'll be back again on the 23rd of november with another episode if you like what you heard today make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on instagram at we Are fund